and welcome to the Resolution Project's Young Leaders Now podcast. We are joined today by Ying Zhang. Ying is a foodie, a future nutritionist, and a social activist determined to enhance global food security. She grew up in China, and she's currently in her last year at McGill University to pursue her passions in global nutrition. She is the co-founder of Pomme de Terre Food Depot, a social enterprise that builds a food distribution system to bridge the gap between food waste and hunger. Founded in 2017, within two years, they have distributed 18 tons of food using only $1,600 and impacted 10,000 people's lives. Hello, Ying. Hi. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you for having me here. So why don't we get started at the very beginning? Uh, I'd love to learn a little bit about your growing up in China, kind of where you're from and, uh, and uh, what that was like. So I grew up in China, which is a beautiful country. But I always wonder what it's like, like outside this country because in China we all have the same skin and it's like more like monoculture. And I learned English from school and saw people with different looks on the textbook and through media. So I'm always curious to go abroad. And so, and so what city did you grow up in in China? My hometown is a city in the southern China, but I grew up in Beijing, the capital city. So how old were you when you moved to Beijing? I was in kindergarten, so okay. pretty young. And so you went to high school in Beijing? Oh, okay, so I <laughs> went to primary school in Beijing, mm-hmm. and then there's, there's a city called Tianjin, which is a s- also a pretty large city close to Beijing, and that's where I went to high school. And what was that like? What was high school like? Actually, for my high school, I studied pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, English is a big thing, especially for me. I want to go abroad. And did you start to gain an interest in nutrition in high school, or was that a little bit later? That was um, in high school, yeah. So, like, every girl might have this kind of experience. I watched what I ate and super conscious about my calorie intakes, and that's when I started to research for a lot of information about food, about healthy living style, and and ended up here studying food nutrition. Well, ended up in McGill University studying mm-hmm. global nutrition. I got interested into food and nutrition also because of biology class. We learned about cholesterol and the sugar, about their structure, their characteristics, and like potential health risks we might have if we consume too much or too little. And right after that class, I got so excited and did a lot of research at home. I just wanted to learn more about the nutrients and what it will do to human. And I think that's also when I decide to pursue my passion in the university. So let's talk about that a little bit. So, so you moved to Montreal for university. So what was that like moving uh, from China to, to Canada? That was a huge culture shock mm-hmm. at the very beginning. So I, th- I think in China, we don't have the fresh at the university. Here, it's pretty big thing, I guess, for all the freshmen. And uh, I was pretty scared by <laughs> the North American students. They're so pushing forward for, to win a game, and mm-hmm. they're just so high-spirited all the time. Like competitive. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> which maybe because the culture difference. Yeah, but afterwards, 
I made a lot of friends from here, and and I I really like how Montreal is such a multicultural background. So I really get to learn about the world. And so, what courses were you taking at university? Mostly like nutrition related. It's like a lot of biology, biochemistry,、mm-hmm. but also learning psychology and like social courses as well. And global nutrition. So we have food, global food security, and that's also one course I really like. And makes me more interested in fighting against food waste and hunger. So, before you moved to Montreal, did you have any idea about entrepreneurship or social entrepreneurship, or is that something that you learnt、uh, at McGill? So I would say it's after McGill. It's、mm-hmm. when I was in McGill and with my partner, we 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 entered Dobson Cup and had a lot of support from them, and that's when I gained most of the knowledges and the experience with us. At McGill, you joined、uh, a club. Yes. Called the Belly Club, right? Happy Belly. Happy Belly. I love so, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us about the Happy Belly Club. So it's a club that collect surplus food from the nearby supermarkets, and they just cook it with the like the volunteers will cook the food and serve to the campus students, and it's so popular. It's a weekly event, and every week the food just gone. <laughs> And for the club, they collect、um, like usually they collect around six to ten boxes of groceries, or or ready to eat pastries and stuff like that. And every week, I will say they're all gone. And that's also when I like when I'm thinking, why can't there be more clubs like that? So we can save more food, and you know, campus students—they are in a rush for classes, and they don't have enough money to buy food all the time. So it will also be great for the students. After joining Happy Belly Club, you realized that there wasn't a similar club in in China, right? So, what what were your thoughts there in terms of taking that idea back? Well, in China, we have a lot of food waste, and it's more in a society perspective that there are people who's homeless, underprivileged people. They may need support from the food aid. So tell us about、um, how you met your partners for for your current venture, Pom de Terre, and then what it was like to pitch that idea at、uh, Worldmont in in 2017. So we met in the Happy Belly Club, and we just got this opportunity that、uh, resolu- like in Worldmont. My partner, she she was pretty active in the、mm-hmm. like regional model UN. There was one day my my partner was got super excited, and she. Asked me about the idea of creating a club like Happy Belly in university in China, and she told me about the opportunity of pitching the idea to Resolution Project, and you know, winning and really doing something. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So we started to do researches on food waste on the underprivileged population in China, and we came across with the idea of food bank in the first time. Uh, and we started to visit u- university opportunity that、uh, helps students to get involved in the society. So sh- we volunteered in food bank, the largest one, Massa Montreal in Montreal, and get to see how it's like in a food bank and how such and they can make such a big social impact. So we got the idea. Of we also want to do that、mm-hmm. in China too, because in such a large country with such economic growth, but we don't have such a great place like this to save food. And give them to people in need. So we pitched this idea to Resolution Project, and they loved it. 
So let's talk a little bit about the venture now, Pomme de Terre. Describe it for us, how it works, uh, and also what you've achieved over the past couple of years. So I will start with the start of it, which is always the hardest part. We went back to China in 2017, um, like it's a summer, and we started to do research about the nonprofit organizations, and then we just visit them one by one or call them to pitch them, pitch our ideas again so that we can cooperate with them. Because we first, the first step is we want to make sure, like after we collect the surplus food, we can give them to the people really need them. So that's how I started. Uh, during that summer, we've reached out to four community organizations, one municipal volunteer association, and uh, one foundation. And we also held a food cherishing event in the community. In that event, we had a food donation from a company which produced vegetable chips, and we shared those chips with the people in the community during the events. So that was a big start, I will say, mm. and a pretty successful one. And so was that your first food donation? Yeah, that was our f first food donation. It's like 60 kilograms of food, right? Yeah. After receiving your first food donation, you started to, to scale up and build out the logistics around your venture. And then you received a 10 ton of food donation from Kraft Heinz. What was that about? There was uh, this organization called Rise Against Hunger. They reached out to us and connected us with the Kraft Heinz Corporate Social Responsibility Department. And we just got this 10 tons of rice donation which was like huge. So we had partnered with this organization called Yueshan and they basically serve the homeless. And they also have a lot of network in the southeastern China, including the urban area and the rural area. So we basically distribute the food with their help to more than 10 organizations and 1,500 uh, beneficiaries and altogether served 30,000 meals. And was that uh, a challenge for you, being able to accept such a large donation? Mm, well, of course. Yeah. Well, if without the, our partners, mm. we can't do that so quickly. So it was really about building strong partnerships from the exactly. offset. Exactly. Yeah. So you're you're now uh, receiving, you know, large donations of food. So your venture is up and running and it's, and it's operational. Now you need to start to think about some of the, uh, the media. So tell us about how you spread the word about your venture. So an introduction for WeChat, the largest social media in China. Um, we have been running our official account on WeChat for two years already. And we aim to raise awareness by posting articles about innovative ideas, reducing food waste, and the idea of food bank itself, food sharing to the local communities. And because WeChat is the national thing, also to the, to the young generation other than the southeastern part of China as well. We also post uh, information about the events and we gather volunteers from the WeChat account as well. So can you just describe WeChat uh, a little bit for us, for, for those that are unfamiliar? Is it similar to like, Facebook? Facebook? Yeah. Exactly. I will say it's a combination of Facebook, Zoom, and Instagram. <laughs> okay. So Zoom is in you can talk to people. Video. It also has the idea of Instagram because we post our daily life. So it's really a, the largest social media in China. Mm. How many blogs were you posting on, on, on WeChat and how many people were you reaching through that work? We have uh, 900 followers now and it's been two years time. We post two articles per week. So of your 900 followers, is there like a high engagement? Do you see those followers come to your events and things like that? That's also another challenge as well because for the media account, 
a lot of the articles are like informative. We still need to figure out a way to engage the audiences, engage the local community, especially the young generation, to join us to battle against food waste. Regarding on recruiting volunteers, it was actually pretty good result because a lot of the followers are university students and they want to be involved in the community in a different way than in university. That's uh, that makes things. A bit easier, but uh, at the same time as I mentioned just now, we would like to engage more students mm -hmm. in a more efficient way. So that's a challenge we're facing too. So I'm really interested in how you've managed to keep your costs down. We said at the start that you have distributed 18 tons of food using only $1,600, which is amazing and very cost efficient. And it's something that we think about a lot at Resolution as well. You know, we pr provide seed funding to to young social entrepreneurs, but it's really the network and the the mentorship that we also provide, which is sometimes even more valuable. So. Tell us about how you were able to, you know, keep your, your food costs down uh, through kind of partnerships, maybe mentorships and using technology such as WeChat. We created this food matching platform on WeChat to make food distribution more efficient. The food donors, they can enter the information about the food on this platform and then the nonprofit organizations they can apply for the available food on the platform so it really minimized the communication cost as we had done before which is like one-to-one -one. We, we have to like uh, communicate personally with the partners that makes the communication and teamwork a little bit harder than what it is regarding on the cost like you said it's really important to have the network and the partnerships so thanks to our food donors some of them they pay for the transportation fees for some other donations we cooperate with the logistic companies so we got a discounted price for the food distribution as well and who are your mentors the the two guides that that resolution paired you with yeah thank you so much if you are listening, Marcus and Taylor, without you guys, we cannot, we'll never be where we are now. So it's been two years that we have monthly meetings with them. We update what we are doing and what challenges we are facing. When we are competing for the Dobson Cup, they gave us a lot of support regarding on business plan and the presentation skills. And thanks to them, we can end up here as well. Uh, we were just talking a little bit before uh, about how one of your main challenges is fundraising, right? So tell us about your trip to the US, you know, why you're in New York and what the pitch is going to be about. We are very grateful for having this opportunity in the U.S. Thank you. Thanks for the uh, McGill Dobson Center, X1 Accelerator Program. We are having this demo tour in five cities in North America, and New York is our first step. And we are looking for more partnerships in food industry, like fundings and more visibility. That's what we hope to get out of from this uh, demo tour. Regarding on the fundraising part, as all social enterprise may have faced the challenges. Fundraising is the largest challenge because uh, we are more heavily dependent on the foundation donations and the governmental funding, but that's not gonna sustain the organization in the long run. On one part, we are still actively looking for the traditional funding, which is the government and the foundation donation. But on the, on, on the other side, with our 
food matching platform will charge a service fee from the food donors and MPO when dealing with the food distribution. And that's that will be because we really want to make our impact sustainable. We are also thinking about shifting this way to have a sustainable revenue stream. So, so every time someone makes a food donation, they a percentage of that goes to Pomme de Terre. Yeah, yeah that's it's great. really a small percentage. We're mm-hmm. still working on that. Mm-hmm. But that's what's going to enable you to be sustainable. That's what we see our future is like. Mm. We, because we also had advices, so we had this discussion with a mentor, and he himself has been uh, involved in a lot of nonprofit organizations. And he just told us, for nonprofits, it's gotta be sustainable in the long run, or else nobody's wanna give you money all the time. So that's also why we are looking for a lot of innovative ideas around the world, and there's quite a lot that uh, battle against food waste with the sustainable re- revenue stream. What are what are some of those innovative ideas? So that was like in Europe, there was a one called Too Good to Go. Basically, they are an app that、uh, gather information of food about to be、uh, throw away at the end of the day and match those information with the customers who would like to buy some like food with a cheaper price. They are running really really well. They won a UN startup prize, I guess, because they have such a huge social impact.、Mm-hmm. And we would really like to do something like that in China. And also,、um, I will have this meeting with the.、Uh, Jonathan tomorrow, who is a founder of Share Meals, so also an app, a similar idea with Too Good to Go, but、um, based in university. And I'm so excited to learn more about it tomorrow, and also to visit a lot of the entrepreneurial lab in the NYU campus.、Mm. So you're on a,、uh, a a learning tour at the moment. Yeah, exactly. To, to That's the best innovative ideas to to help、uh, your venture grow. Just as we wrap up here, always like to ask if you have tips for any、uh, young people who are looking to to get into social entrepreneurship or who have an idea that they might want to to start to. Uh, enact,、uh, you know, they see a problem in their community,、uh, just like you had through food banks. You know, w- what would you say、uh, to to a young person that's looking to to start? Well, I think the most important thing is never stop.、Mm-hmm. If you have an idea and you think it's really gonna solve a problem, just do it. All right. Well, Ying, thank you so much for speaking with us. It was really interesting to learn more about Pom de Terre, and yeah, best of luck for for all your journeys forward. Thank you so much.